Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us best-selling author Tara Schuster. We're going to be talking about her book, By Yourself the Fucking Lilies, which was a finalist for Goodreads Best Nonfiction Book of 2020. I agree with Goodreads. It was selected by Cosmopolitan, Real Simple, Goop, Publishers Weekly, and many more as one of the best books of the year for mental health and self-care. Previously, Tara served as Vice President of Talent and Development at Comedy Central, and she has a new book coming out this February, Glow in the Fucking Dark, which I'm so excited about. And hopefully, Tara, you could give us a little sneak peek at the end of what to expect. But hello, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tara, I have to say, Brenda and I read a lot of books about like being in your 20s, about self-help, about mental health. And I really believe, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I really believe that this book should be like required reading for mm. people in their 20s. Like oh, it thank is you. so tangible. And I just, I think it's like literally excellent. So me and Brenda are going to put together a reading list and this is going to be on like number one. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Um, It definitely because you guys know where the book starts, my 25th birthday, low point of my life, you know, 
one of the thoughts I had when I was writing it was I was writing it for me at that point. Yes. You know, like these are all the things that it would have just been nice if someone would have told me about. <laughs> Which is what we're trying to do here. Because yeah. that's, that's exactly why me and Brenda started the show. And we'll get to your 25th birthday because I want people to hear about that. But like, we literally, we graduated college and we were like, um, someone made us believe that we were supposed to have it all together, like <laughs> yeah. in our career, in our relationships, in our mental health, in our personal lives. And we were like, that is not the case for us and for most of our friends as well. And that's why we started the show. We were like, we need help. Like we need <laughs> to figure this out and probably other people like need some help too. Yeah, yeah. Completely. for sure. And, and books like yours or situations like yours, I think just gives people so much hope and inspiration like it really exactly like you said it's it's what you would have needed to hear um back on that day right on your birthday and that's what we keep coming back to like we keep trying to put ourselves in the mindset of what would I want to hear and it's cool to look back for us now too because we've been doing the show for over two years and even for us so many of our key like core fears things that we focus on like so much has shifted for us and I think that it's it's just it's really tangible so we've already recommended your book to all of our best friends and we'll continue recommending to all of our listeners because of course self mental health taking care of you personal development all of these things are topics that I think luckily are much more talked about now than they were a couple of years ago which we love but the way that you frame everything I think just hits different for lack of a better word so we're we're grateful for that Thank you. Thank you. So Tara, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, um, and where you're from. Yeah. Okay. So who, who am I? I know it's a big question. (laughs) So recently what I've been saying is I'm a soul in a body. That's who I am. Cause I don't know what else to say. You know, have you read on tethered soul? I have, I actually have qualms with that book I I'm halfway through so I also agree that I have qualms I (laughs) I feel like that's like one of the things totally like I actually call that book out in my next book because and not to get already on a complete side note we could go down a whole rabbit hole (laughs) but like I can't stand books that are like feel joy let go like obviously I want to let go why do you think I bought this what are steps one through right. 10? I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm like, how? Yeah, how? how? It's completely not practical. And when someone doesn't explain stuff clearly, it drives me nuts. So yes, so that's my qualm with that. But what I will say is that, you know, in terms of my identity and who I am, a book like that's super useful in kind of showing you, you are not your career, you're not your achievements, you are not any of these things you have a self inside of you mm-hmm. and that's who you are and and so I've really been even when I talk about myself especially because we're in I live in LA so, so the first thing people say to you is hey so what do you do it's like your whole identity um so I'm really trying to step it back from that and be mm-hmm. like hello I'm Tara I'm a soul and a body I'm trying not to do harm. Sometimes I do, but I'm getting better. Mm. <laughs> That's I, love it. I love it. I, yeah, I, we have a whole societal problem with that. We yes. define ourselves completely by like our careers and other yeah. outside factors that are usually outside of our complete control. 
yeah, yeah or they're kind of even irrelevant yeah like okay you know it's such a deep question like mm. who are you that couldn't even be you know it's like I can't even begin to explain so right. I try to pivot to like what are things you like and what do you do for fun what do you do for joy like that kind of stuff mm. um but yeah I'm definitely trying to practice what I preach uh with that one cool yeah definitely and I feel like it's so much easier to describe like character traits about other people versus about ourselves like oh, me and I feel like when true. people have asked right like when true. people ask um especially I mean most of my best friends know Julia because they're her best friends too but when it comes to people who are new to the show and are like oh you're a podcast partner like she she lives in LA and I'm like yeah um and if anyone were to like ask me to describe her or our relationship there are so many traits about how empathetic she is and ambitious and you know always yeah. a, a go-giver like all these things that I would describe her as that I wouldn't think to describe myself as even though we're similar in that sense you know yeah crazy it's hard to talk about ourselves I was on another podcast and they asked me well do you want to introduce yourself or do you want us to and I'm like if you leave it up to me I'm going to give you the soul and a body answer I like the soul and body answer I I think that's the answer we needed to hear But it's good when it's tempered with like, and here's any reason why she's here when right. you give the intro. Like, right. I can only say that because you have also given some context. True. Right. Very fair. Right. Very fair. Okay. I think we need to take it back to the 25th birthday now. Um, it's where you start off the book. You say that you went from a self-hating 20-year-old to a joyful adult, which is really like we said, kind of what we're trying to do here on the show. So take us back to that 25th birthday. What was your time like? What was your life like at that time? And what propelled you to really start this incredible journey that you went on? Yeah. You're still on, I'm sure. Uh, very much still on. I feel like I'm the least motivational, motivational speaker because I always start with this is going to be hard, like really hard. And it's going to take forever your but whole lifetime true. yeah but I like I never uh it's like it's like hi I'm Tara body and a soul this is hard <laughs> it's gonna be really hard but I, you know one thing I go out of my way to say is there's nothing special about me and I don't mean that in a self-deprecating way I mean that in the best possible mm-hmm. way there's nothing special about me I just did this work, which means so many of us can do this work. And it really is just work, not magic. Mm. Um, And I can really attest to that because, so getting back to 25th birthday context, I grew up in a neglectful, psychologically abusive household where things came to die. The pets, uh, all the plants, uh, any loving relationships, like, everything died. Uh, thank God my sister and I made it out alive. Mm-hmm. But I, there were just so many things that were either done to me or not done for me that I never learned how to take care of myself. You know, mm-hmm. it was constant money, stress, houses being foreclosed on, the car is being repossessed. Well, one year we're going to Hawaii on a luxury vacation. The next we can't afford doctors. Mm-hmm. Like, very confusing financially my parents were in a horrible 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 marriage where if I just even think to my youth first off I don't have basically any good memories until I was like 12 yeah like 
they're all, it was horrible. Yeah. And so, you know, what that left me as was as a, you know, a young adult, miserable, Mm -hmm. totally anxious at all times, Mm -hmm. deeply depressed to the point where I would have these depressive episodes where I could not move. Like I physically could not get out of bed and couldn't go to school for, and I didn't know it was called depression at the time. I I thought there was something wrong with my body, you know? Um, And the only thing that I thought could help me was outside achievement. Mm -hmm. So I was teacher's pet. I was doing all the extra credit. I had every extracurricular, the five APs that, you know, whatever, which helped me. It got me to an Ivy League college you know, it propelled me forward. But when I graduated, I had not only no idea what I wanted to do, but how to take care of myself at all, who I was at at all. So I just kept hustling, which got me a job at Comedy Central, which was awesome. Um, And I was like kicking ass, like very early and very early, I started to climb the corporate ladder. But nobody knew that I had come from this really challenging uh, background I would have never it's funny that I've written like two books essentially about myself because up until the age 30 I said nothing I wasn't I didn't ever want to talk about it I was so ashamed of where I came from yeah and so this led to basically a complete mental breakdown um and on my 25th birthday I woke up the next morning saw I had all these voicemails from my therapist it was like huh that's weird. Why is she so obsessed with me? <laughs> um, listened back and realized I had drunk dialed her and threatened to hurt myself. And she thought the threat was so real that she mm-hmm. was trying to find me. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, that's a special kind of shame when you wake up the next morning. I mean, I scared myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the first step in all of this was realizing if I don't save my life, I'm not going to have much more of a life to live. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't mean to make it a bummer. Didn't mean to take us there. Not at all. I I think there's so many things that stand out even from like what you shared there. So we'll touch on them. Um, I think starting with just that whole notion of not being quote unquote special. I think that so many people believe that there's like this particular type of person that ends up whether it is achieving or healing or doing something they thought was once impossible I feel like that is such a a notion um that stops people from wanting to do the work because they might not even know where to start and I think that it is a really beautiful believe they are undeserving of it right or or of, of the results that come out of that and I think that showing people, you know, as an example of doing the work little by little, in whichever way that means for you, you can end up in this place that you might only dream of or feels impossible or all of these things, I think is is really hopeful. And I also think that although you say that it's hard, I feel like mine and Julia's catchphrase is like if we were action figures at the end of most sentences, we're like, but it's hard. <laughs> and it is. Right. Um, but I think that also paints a very realistic expectation as well, because 
um it's easy right when you see whether it's like videos on on TikTok or something like that where people are coming out of the healing journey and you only really see the snippets right where they're crying in the beginning and then in the end they're happy and they're changed and all this stuff you don't see the nitty-gritty so I think to paint this realistic picture of it's not always going to be easy you're going to have resistance and it's going to probably be uncomfortable um I th- oh I know definitely <laughs> it's a promise that it yeah. will be uncomfortable because you're basically reorienting how you relate to everything in a healthier way. And so one caveat I would put to uh, it's hard is it is so much easier than the way I was living. Mm, It is hard, but now I don't feel 10 out of 10 anxious all the time. I don't have these, I know, you know, depression, something I'll be working with forever. And I don't have multi-day depressive episodes. I'm not constantly struggling with suicidal ideation. This is a much easier life. So, you know, yeah, it was hard. It was harder what I was doing to myself. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that's incredibly important to point out because I think the initial hesitation between, oh, it feels so hard now, but it would be harder to feel, you know, stuck in a place where you don't feel like you can you can move from and that doesn't mean that it's it's gonna you know be effortless and I, and I think one of the biggest things that we've learned from doing like two years of this show at, like both from talking to people and in our personal lives of like that yes change is hard but on the other side of that is like always something better and like it during the process of it it can feel fucking terrible it can feel like you're not going to come out on the other side of it it could feel like the like the world is burning around you but usually on the other side of difficult change is something really amazing yeah absolutely definitely and I think I I also appreciated that you validated a couple of different things because I think sometimes you hear certain stories and and you know you obviously your your heart goes out to people that have been in very difficult situations and I think sometimes we start to feel like oh well and you, you pointed this out in the book, like you don't have to have like been in the worst of worst situations to be struggling with any of this, wherever, whatever your heart is right now is valid. And I think that that's helpful um, as well as not needing to have like a, a breakdown necessarily to be able to find this path of breaking through and the way that you paint your practices and all of that, as Julia mentioned in the beginning of the show is it's just really tangible no matter where your starting point is right whether this is the first time you've ever thought about self-help in any capacity or personal development or whether it's been something you've been working on differently I think it hits in that way so um so much of your healing journey and your self-love journey is based on habits (laughs) and you shared so many amazing ones throughout the book but at the beginning of your journey when maybe not everything felt like it was sticking and um, you might not have seen immediate results. How did you, how did you choose to continue on with those habits? I think that something that I never know how to explain is the one thing that I always had was a spirit that wanted to heal. Mm. I always wanted that. And so the drive and ambition wasn't coming necessarily from me. That was already in me. And I've always felt uncomfortable saying that because I'm like, well, what if you don't have that drive and ambition? Except recently I was talking to a friend and I asked them about this and they said something that blew my mind. They were like, well, that's just the spark of life. That That's just plants have it, like babies have it, animals have it. 
if you can just tap in to at a bare minimum, I'm alive. I am alive right now. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Um, and some of the energy of that and like asking and would I like to live a different way? Am I happy with how I'm living? And, you know, I think that is enormously helpful for starting. And mm. I'll, I'll just throw in right now that one way I think I jump started that for myself, which I might, I didn't notice at the time was journaling mm. because before I started journaling, I had no idea what was happening in my head. Because I was so overwhelmed. It was like yeah. swamped. Yeah. I hadn't, I didn't know. And I didn't know what needed fixing. And I didn't know what I thought about myself. I did not know my mood. I was also self-medicating with weed, which I was addicted to for like 10 years. Yeah. You know, so to, to just clear out the fog, journaling really helped me with that. Right. Mm -hmm. To even start to decipher like what it is that needs to be addressed. The noise in our head can be so overwhelming. And I have to thank you, Tara, because I started doing morning pages again. I like had started it during COVID, um, during like super lockdown. And then once things started like opening up, I was kind of like, I don't need that anymore, which is like, you're a liar. You absolutely <laughs> need that. Um, so I have started my morning pages again. And I, I really thank you for it because you inspired me to start it again. And like you said, it, it really starts to help like decipher like what it is am I actually feeling right now? Um, and it's interesting that you said the thing about being alive because I've noticed myself like um, writing at the end of my things, like I'm here. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been like so grounding and like perspective shifting in a way. And I didn't even really like recognize I was doing that until you said that. And I was like, oh, I've, I've been thinking yeah. about that. Also, it's a, a great insight because, you know, I, a lot of the time we're not here, we're in the future, we're yes. in the past, we're that we're numbing out with something, we're, but we're for sure not here. And I think what you're describing in your journaling practice is it forces you to be here because you are paying attention to yourself. Um, and so that just really resonates with me. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, it's, it's so tricky. It's, it's, I feel like the second that we open our eyes, it's so easy to think about what it is you have to do that day or what you maybe didn't do yesterday. All these things come rushing. So to, to be very intentional about that time, I think shifts things for everyone. Me and Julia were laughing the other day, um, reflecting on your book, just because I'm like, it's so true. Like if you don't take the time and there's no shame in it, but we realize like when we don't take the time, it's like you, you're upset at the person driving next to you for no reason because there's so much energy inside of you you know that that isn't that is is foggy or that you're you're able to take out on someone else without knowing that but it's it's crazy how much clarity it it really does bring oh man I was unpleasant to be around for many years I, like looking back I can't even believe how agitated I became over very small details it was like who cares okay yeah. You know, the big test for me, I have noticed is, you know, LA traffic is horrible. The drivers are insane. Um, and I used to get so worked up about it and like upset and, and the upset would last all day. Like I couldn't let it go. Right. And now it's like a one second, man, they suck mm. moving on. And it just doesn't haunt me. Those things, they, they begin to roll off your back a lot better as you become healthier. Yeah, a hundred percent. Going to like the shame thing, which we've kind of like said a couple times. Um, 
I know you said on that birthday that you were feeling like a lot of shame when you woke up to the real the realization of calling your therapist and I think especially because of like all the comparison that our generation does um that we often experience like a lot of shame and we know from Brene Brown that that's not a helpful emotion um but how do you deal with shame because I think it's one of like the harder like things that we say to ourselves that to to decipher and deal with yeah it's definitely been like a multi-pronged approach because it is one of the hardest things to deal with. And the first step is even knowing that that's the root of why you feel bad because we're not very good at labeling our emotions. You know, typically the things we say about ourselves are I'm good, I'm bad, I'm tired, I'm busy. We have like completely uh, like reduced our lives to those four words typically and so even getting better at knowing how you feel is a big step towards taking down some of the shame volume and I actually I use an emotion wheel which if you just google emotion wheel or in my next book I give you an emotion wheel um start labeling how you feel start using different words and you can it, it like helps getting in touch with with that shame and why you feel it um and i also think a big part of it is my self esteem is so much higher than it was you know uh 5 10 years ago and that's because i've i treat self esteem very practically i know the three unshakable untakeawayable sources of my self esteem they have nothing to do with results. It's running, writing, and being a reasonably good person. Mm. As long as I show up to those three things every day, I feel proud of myself. I feel like, okay, I've got this. And nobody can take that away from me. They can't question it. That's mine. And I think it's really a, a misstep for many of us that, I mean, duh, getting your self-esteem and validation from outside sources. We've all heard a million times, it's not good. Um, But I think what we don't talk enough about is that you can actually choose. You you can actually say, here's where I get my self-esteem from. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to practice the things that make me proud of myself. And with time, that's really been helpful. Yeah. That is so powerful and on so many different levels between feeling like you have a choice between not putting that external validation, but also over the things that like we can control, right? Because so many times those stories in our head are like, oh, well, I don't know, I didn't hit this marker in my career today. And then we add an additional story with all of the shame, right? And therefore I'm not enough. I'm not going to reach this goal, you know, all that stuff. So I think that that's incredibly impactful and additionally I know that you so you mentioned running now as one of your non-negotiables um and you know the things that make you feel proud and I think that it's one really hard for us to really step away from like what actually makes us feel proud right because so many things come to mind like things that when I think of pride some of those things to me because I love my family I love my friends I all this stuff a lot of them has to do with like me making other people proud but it really does come back down to what makes us proud but anyway in terms of running um the initial resistance that you felt that you shared in the book regarding running I feel like 
it's one of those things like right now julia right if somebody were to tell you today like running <laughs> she'd be like oh I my god running. I'm sorry, or i guys. think of myself in high school right you where i'm like oh my goodness i'm gonna pretend that I finished the fourth lap, but really I didn't. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think it's so inspirational that you were able to make something your non-negotiable, even though you had resistance initially and you were able to see how powerful that was for you. I mean, way bigger than resistance. I yeah. hated running. <laughs> it was a source of shame. Yeah. They had at my middle school, the uh, presidential fitness awards, which I just- Oh my God, we had those- fell apart at they're like run the mile I'm like I haven't even run a lap ever what you're doing is embarrassing me and making me hate running I think that's why I hate running I honestly think that that is why I'm so resistant to it because of like that horrible thing that they did to us in public school oh it was like the opposite of what they wanted and when I bring up the term presidential fitness award my heart people shudder (laughs) is elevated the pacer test like all these things that were traumatic it was horrible and so I really I actually think the word traumatic is correct here too because it stopped me I felt so embarrassed so ashamed it it was like oh you can't do this The, the story I started telling myself about myself was oh you can't do this you're physically deficient um you know, I started layering on those things. And yep. so the story I made up then was, so I hate these things and I won't do them because I'm actually better than them in some ways. And, you know, it, it really messed me up for physical activity. So that's the place I began with uh, in running. I even hated running while I was running for maybe the first three years. Like it wasn't, <laughs> was you know, yeah. but what I loved was the feeling it gave me because right nobody ever told me that one of the best natural uh, anti-anxiety remedies we have is releasing endorphins, using your body and sweating. Like I was on so many pills. I am no longer on anxiety medication. I, I, you know, which also is because I did a lot of other work and blah, blah, blah. But one of the reasons is because I know how to tap into my body's actual innate Oh, this shit just got built in totally. with us um, yeah. through exercise. And and I'm just ridiculous about sticking to things. So yes. if if you find in the first couple months that you indeed do hate rate running, don't, you know, find something else though. Find something with your body that feels good, that gets your heart rate up 20 minutes a day can truly change your life. Oh, truly, yeah. truly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's such great advice. And I, the last thing I'll say about that, just I think it, it coming back down to like I how proud it makes you. I think mm. that sometimes people aren't going to fully understand because, and that's okay, and being okay with that because whatever whoever's listening to this right now, like whatever you whatever makes you proud, nobody can tell you whether it's going to make you proud or not. Like I think mm. because uh, physical fitness and whatnot can have a physical result I think sometimes it's really misinterpreted when it comes to the effects that it can have on your mental health and the reasons for why you're doing them um and especially when it's done consistently right I think sometimes and it depends sometimes there are circumstances I've been there myself where I've totally fixated way too much on physical fitness for the quote-unquote not right reasons for me at the time and that was definitely not ideal but 
now it's so different right like i think the intention means everything if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey with indeed everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed dot com slash podcast need to hire you need indeed for those who embrace the impossible the defender 110 is up for the adventure this iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more the exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing complemented by an interior built with integrity the defender capability is legendary whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions its durability has been tested to the extreme powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering and robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. For like the people that are like, okay, that sounds great, but like, how do I define my three things that make mm -hmm. me proud? Like if you're in that space where you're like, I don't even know that, so I can't even start to get after it. Like, was that through journaling that you were able to find that? Was it through trial and error? Like, how did you come to be like, these are my, these are my things? Yeah, it actually all came from, from a Yom Kippur service. So I'm Jewish. Me too. Folks, and like started finding my Judaism really in my mid twenties was the real situation, uh, after birthright, um, obviously, but anyway, I still haven't gone. Oh, uh, you need to go. to go birthright for anybody who doesn't know it's a trip. To, you take a trip to Israel with people like your age and it's very fun and it's a great way to see Israel, but I digress. Basically I went for Yom Kippur services and the rabbi at our synagogue, who's just like this badass, her name is Rabbi Sharon Browse. Just give it a Google and listen oh, to her TED talk. She's like President Biden's advisor. She is so dope. Anyway, she is not like a warm and squishy, nice quote unquote, like rabbi. She holds our feet to the fire. And in the service, she at one point was like, like, I feel like banged on the lectern and was like, who even are you? And I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. So I, I went home and I was like, huh, I'd really like to know who I am. And so I took these index cards and I just started 
being like, I think this is a value. I think this is a principle. Then Googling what are principles, what are values? Like I basically just did a brainstorm. And that's what I would suggest is like, if you don't know, have a, have a Google, have a brainstorm, even ask what are sources of self-esteem, see what the answers are and see if any resonate. You know, I put them up in my home office so that I could really see them and with time refined until I found like, oh, these are the three things. Um, But, you know, all these tools you experiment with to find what works for you. It just, you know, takes a minute, but that's how I did it. I love that. I love that so much. And I, I, and it can be, I feel like as it's not easy, but it's simple, right? Like that's not an easy task to do, but it's a simple task to do. And everybody can do it. We all have the resources to do that. Um, and again, like complimenting the book, and it's just like a reason why Brent and I resonated with so much because it's just so tangible. Um, I, there's something from the book that I absolutely love and have been like talking to myself about with every day of you coin it the frenemy within, Mm. which is the person that lives in our brain and talks to us and tells us all this negative things all the time. I have one. She's very loud. Um, (laughs) So first of all, tell us what that, what frenemy within is um, and how you've been dealing with yours. Yeah. So the frenemy within is like a friend you met a long time ago who now you're like, oh God, I'll have to like go to lunch with her. Why God? Why? And you're like explaining to your friends when she says something shitty at a party, like why it is that you even know her and why it is you invited her. (laughs) She's like this old friend who most of us met when we were under 10 that started racking up all of our deficiencies Mm. and dependent on how you grew up it could be much worse much better for me it was all I had there was nothing else going on inside of my brain except I'm bad I'm unlovable I'm not enough I'll never succeed I'm too old I was 25 and I was like I am too old everybody else is further along and if I haven't done it by now I'm never going to do it again girls had just come out and I was like, well, Lena Dunham just did it. If I were talented, I'd have a show on HBO, you know? So that was the only voice. Mm. And how I dealt with her at first was fact-checking her. Mm. Like I would write letters to this friend of me within, you know, refuting the charges against me. That was one thing, you know, you think it's too late. Well, Ava DuVernay became a director in her 40s so like I don't this is not a real thing yeah you know and then as time went on other things that really helped were positive affirmations which actually have a lot of science behind them um because your thoughts they wire the neural pathways in your brain so the more you think something the more you're gonna think it yeah. And the, and the more you think something, you make it true in the world. So it's this like messed up cycle that really can only be interrupted by changing the thoughts. So even though I didn't think I was lovable, even though I didn't think I was pretty, I would tell myself, I am easily lovable. I am beautiful. I am uh, talented. What was one? I'm tal- talented and prolific. 
these things I wanted to be true. I would just say them to myself on repeat, which really helped dim the noise mm. to the extent that I don't really think of myself that way anymore. It, wow. it would be strange for me to have a day of being exclusively down on myself or even the majority down on myself. And when it does come up now, the new thing I do is I try to befriend the friend of me within. Mm. You know, and I say, so let's say I've recently been having some like, I'm single now and I'm like, I'm never going to find love. I'm just going to die alone. Everybody else could have this, but not me. Yeah. And so when I think that I put a hand over my heart and I say, I notice my loneliness and I take good care of my loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, and I, yeah. that actually it comes from a Vietnamese, um, uh, I think he's either a monk or a meditation teacher named Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, and I, so I use that all the time because the more we resist what is actually true and and you brought this up in the very beginning when people say like well I shouldn't have it that bad you know my childhood wasn't that bad so I shouldn't feel the way I feel yeah that becomes an almost impossible situation because and then you're shaming also on top of that for thinking that totally but the the thing to do is just to not fight reality if that is how you actually feel, then you have to deal with that, not mm. should it away because it's a truly impossible task. So I now invite her in. I have a lot less resistance to my front of me within. And I realize like she in a way is doing her best to help me mm. because the reason that we're typically criticizing ourselves is we're afraid of something and we're, we're trying to like save ourselves from some kind of danger. We're just doing it in this weird way. Uh, you know, it's like a coping mechanism. Yeah. So sometimes I like thank those feelings. Like I thank my loneliness for being here. Thank you for trying to protect me. I know that part of the reason why it's saying that to me is because it's like, you need to do something now or we're mm-hmm. going to die alone. That's the reason it's nagging me. Right. It just doesn't realize, oh, this is not a, this is not a healthy, good way to move forward right yeah and I think also Julie and I were talking before about how you can feel two things at once like you can acknowledge and take care of your loneliness and also still have some you know longing for connection at the same time and I think that that's powerful to feel to know (laughs) because I think I feel like we have to pick one or we have to like go full force with just one (laughs) no it's such bs I, I actually talk a lot about this in my next book um, because I am actually now studying this type of therapy called internal family systems, mm-hmm. which is, you know, amongst those of us who are researching trauma all the time. It's like the newest, biggest thing, but actually is backed up with research from like the 70s. But anyway, what it says is you have lots of parts of you. And mm-hmm. and so when you say something like, well, one part of me feels this way and another part of me feels that way, that's actually just true. And, and that instead of needing everything to be like one way and one identity and that's it, that you make space for like, I have a lot of different identities within me. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of different parts of my brain. Yeah. 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 I, I love it. And I think it helped me just even giving it that name of like, oh, that's my friend of me within, like has helped me like disconnect is not the right word, but it's helped me understand that that's not 
totally all of me. Like I yes. am not just that and the things that I say to myself because sometimes like you can get so down that spiral that it's so consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not, like you're saying, active about doing the affirmations, or, you know, and being active against it or acknowledging it or whatever it might be for that particular thought, um, it's really easy to get like bombarded with it. Like, like I said in the beginning, she could be really loud sometimes. Yeah. That was my life. Yeah. I, that's why I was so miserable was because it, you're completely right. The, all of the deficiencies I found from my friend of me within, that was my personality. That was what I heard, like this unending diss track, just like looping in my brain. And you're 100% right. All of this work that you do basically gives you more space inside. Mm, definitely. Yeah. And I, and it, I think just going back to what you said about the new thoughts or the affirmations, I think it's so easy for someone to listen to it, which is why you make it very just like realistic, but to listen and be like, yeah, affirmations, that's going to help. Yeah. Journaling. Like, I think it's so easy to look at it like that because it doesn't seem like it would, but it's not, it's not the one time or it's not the one line. It's the repetition of it all and turning it into a real belief that makes a difference. All this, all this stuff habits. It's all just habits. It's anyone could pick up any of these things. If you schedule it, if you do it right, they're, they're just small habits and no one was more allergic to positive affirmations, (laughs) any of this stuff than I was, I was like kicking and screaming, but I was coming from such a desperate place. I didn't want to die. Yeah. Like, why did I do any of this? I didn't want to die. So when I did the calculus of like, try positive affirmations, have a night where I take things too far. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can try this woo-woo hippie thing that I kind of hate already. Like, this has got to be better than the alternative. Right, this has got to be better sure. than the other thing. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, time, our time. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but I want to ask this, um, definitely. So you grew up in a difficult family dynamic as you talked about in the book and also alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. So with something like Thanksgiving being just around the corner, mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have for someone that might be navigating a difficult family dynamic during the holiday season? Yeah, so I talk a lot about this. And actually, um, people who subscribe to my newsletter, I have a free worksheet because to your point, like I really don't like things if they're not tangible. Mm. So I've got like on paper, let's work this out because I, I kind of see it in two categories. One is people who have uh, family obligations that are soul sucking, Mm -hmm. that there's a real problem. And the other is people who don't have family or don't have um, ways to feel tapped into community. So the first thing for both groups is like whatever self-care habits you have for the love of God, don't throw them to the sides. Like this is the self-care Olympics you need to be taking care of yourself so well because your time is all messed up. You've got all these feelings about all these different um, things that are coming up. So it's really important not to throw away things that keep you emotionally regulated and grounding. So that's cross the board, everybody. Um, With the people who feel really obligated to go to things, first off, it's noticing, like perhaps journaling, like, why does it make me so nervous to go to cousin Janine's Thanksgiving dinner? Like, why do I dread it so much? 
oh, because I have an uncle who's super drunk who always bombards me and makes me feel uncomfortable. Okay, so now you kind of know more about the situation. The next thing to do is ask yourself, do I actually have to go to Janine's Thanksgiving? Because a lot of times we tell ourselves, everybody's going to be so upset if I'm not there, then I'm going to feel so guilty. And it's like, well, I love you, but maybe no. Like maybe it's not going to be the earth shattering, terrible event. You are not being there, particularly if you tell, if you have any allies, if you tell like your mom, here's why I can't go. She can actually now do something about it. Because if you don't express a boundary, there's no reason anybody else would change any of their behavior if you're just like suffering in silence, you know? So, right? So by even voicing it, you have new possibilities. Maybe you're actually not going to go. Maybe your sister can help you with it. Um, and so that brings me to planning, which is, okay, so let's say it's you don't want to sit next to somebody. You can ask the hostess ahead of time, hey, can we have name cards and can you place me not where I usually sit? If it's, oh, it really hurts my feelings when so-and-so asks about my career when they know I'm really down. Can you have your sister come in, redirect the conversation? How are you going to redirect the conversation? A lot of these things you already know are going to happen. So prepare for that. Um, and really, and if you really do have to go, can you make it a shorter amount of time you know can you say I've got to go to another Thanksgiving but I'll be there for like an hour whatever long story short protect yourself protect yourself from these things you already know are going to happen and for the people who are missing traditions which is the category I fall into um you know this is a time to create our own traditions and to do things that really light us up and they don't have to be alone, you know? So last Christmas, I didn't have any family to be with. So I asked my best friend, one of my best friends, Julia, who is the one who got me into running, like, yo, Jules, I don't know what I'm doing for Christmas. Can I crash with your family? An immediate yes, because most people, they don't want to see you suffer, particularly around the holidays. And I made a plan that didn't depend on anyone else. I uh, volunteered at this um senior center like you know hanging out with the seniors which sounds way more altruistic than I actually am I just happen to know they're dope ass seniors who have these like crazy stories about how, like one was like I met Frank Sinatra and he gave me a Cadillac You're I'm like, like sure. <laughs> I'm like well what did Frank Sinatra do to you <laughs> like, okay yeah I'm like tell Casual. me yeah tell me more um so there's all kinds of things we can do, things with people, things without people. But the number one thing is plan. Don't yes. let it be New Year's Eve at 4 p.m. and you're struggling to find something to do. Like yeah. take the time to honor yourself by planning. Oh, I love that. I love all of that. And I think one of the most important things that you said too is like, don't let go of all of your stuff that like keeps you grounded. Don't let go yes. of that stuff just because you know of of these outside forces and I'm gonna out my friend Haley because she did this on New Year's last year I'm sure she won't mind but I thought it was so excellent it goes so along with what you're saying is she had kind of just gotten out of a long-term relationship she didn't have any plans on New Year's all of her friends were busy or away 
And so she anticipated this, like coming up like a couple weeks before. And so she was like, well, what can I do, you know, that I can do with myself that will make me happy? And she like planned this whole beautiful night for herself for New Year's Eve. She like got her favorite food and made a beautiful dinner. And she like made this mood board. And she's like, now she's like, I want to do that every New Year's. Like now she's in a new relationship. She's like, I don't even want to hang out with him. Like I want to do my New Year's tradition that I made. And it can be so beautiful with just like a little bit of planning like that oh Haley oh Haley rocks. beautiful <laughs> she rocks I love it yeah incredible she yeah. rocks and it, and it's so true with not letting go of the things that are important to you I feel like it's very easy to and this, this is so dependent on on who the person is right but whether it is something like running or whether it is a couple of your other non-negotiables I think it's easy to look at the holiday season and sometimes be like oh like I want to chill and if that's genuinely what's going to make you feel good go for it but I know for right, myself right especially if there's any sort of anxiety, like I benefit from releasing Mm -hmm. that through movement before, even if it's a holiday. (laughs) Yeah. Like you've found this tool that significantly makes your mental health better and your life better. And now at the most stressful time of the year, (laughs) right. You're just like, whatever. I don't need that. What? Why do we do that? Why? (laughs) So gentle reminder that just, If you found things that help you, they're really going to help you right now. Yeah, for sure. Cara, we just have a few last questions for you because we have to let you go soon. Um, But we've been talking about your new book coming out. Um, Could you give us a little sneak peek as to what to expect? I I have to already like sign up for the pre-order list because I'm so excited. Yay. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm very excited because it's the, it's sort of like the continuation of a journey. So Lily's, I only wrote because I wanted to save my own life. You know, Mm. one thing we didn't talk about is the, all the like basis for that book comes from a 600 page Google doc that I started on how to reparent myself. It's not like I went out to write this book, to write by yourself, the fucking Lily's. I had no intent writing book. It was interesting. Yeah. I, I had just tried all these things and I always wanted to be a writer So at the end of five years, I had this 600 page doc. I wanted to write a book. And I said to a literary agent, like, hey, like maybe I could write a book about all these weird places I've hooked up with people. Or I have a 600 page Google doc about how I reparented myself after an abusive, psychologically messed up childhood. Which one do you think I should write? (laughs) She was like, uh, the the ladder, (laughs) write the ladder. So that's why I wrote the book. Uh, It's because I I realized I had an offering, Mm. you know, after I'd done the work. So Lily's comes out. It's the pandemic. I feel like my life is pretty good. It's like stable. And that's really what By Yourself the Fucking Lily's does. It gives you stability, grounding, habits, tools, very practical. But I realized that all of that work I had done was a reaction to trauma. Mm. It wasn't a way forward. It wasn't, this is who I actually am. It wasn't, this is my identity. This is what I desire. It was, I have plugged up all of these holes. Mm, you know, so now yeah. I'm not drowning. And um, Glow in the Fucking Dark is about the next step. It's about discovering who you really are. It's about getting in touch with whatever you want to call it, either your soul, your spark, your authentic self, whatever language makes you comfortable because it's again not a magic trick it's yeah. it's it's you can you can do it there are tools and there have been tools for many thousands of years 
you know, and so I researched philosophy, trauma theory, religions. I tried on all of these things. And I, I can tell you, like, I know what is at the bottom of my soul. Mm. Like I do. And so my whole life is a lot easier because I can make choices in line with that. I'm a lot less indecisive. I don't overthink things too much. I kind of, I'm so in touch with my gut. And I, I just know that people struggle with that because I struggled with it. And, yeah. and again, it's not lofty. I give really tangible tools. I try to make it funny so that you don't just like throw the book across the room. Like, where does she get off? You know, it's, you don't feel that way at all during <laughs> no. Lily's. So I don't think you need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, it's, it's a going inward at a much deeper yeah. level is the next book. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. So excited. Thank I love you. that. And that's a, a huge basis of, of our show too, is like being able to communicate with people like you who have done this work <laughs> to help us try and kind of connect with our gut, our intuition, our most authentic self now so that we don't feel not that we're actively suffering now because we're not, but like this sense of feeling disconnected from who you think you want to be or who you know you want to be. If we're able to align with that sooner and you know cut that time at least down a little bit i just think we're you know our goal is to to be able to live more happily and actually get to enjoy life instead of fixating so much on things that in the end don't really matter but feel like they do in the moment if i had to have a sub a different subtitle for both books it would be like tar's quest not to waste her life because that's all this is about is i didn't want to waste any more time hating myself feeling miserable doubt you get one life and we all hear that a million times but how many of us actually take action on that truth yep you know and so this next book is a call for people to grasp onto their agency and to their power because we live in a society that tries to make us feel powerless in multiple ways because that's better for the powers that be and say hold on a second that's actually not true and is not the case as much you want to tell me it is. I have power. I have agency. I can change. I can lead a life more in sync with who I am. And it's going to take some work. Yeah. A hundred percent. Tara, thank you so much for all of your incredible wisdom and your time. We have two little last questions for you. Yeah. If you could tell 20s year old Tara, one thing Mm. what would you tell her I love you Mm. you know that version of me just really needed companionship love unconditional love and soothing so it would be I would hug her and tell her I love I love you and there's nothing inherently wrong with you Mm. Mm. yeah I love that And our last thing is where can people find you and where can they find your books? Yeah. So the best way to like um, get in contact or, you know, know what I'm up to is by subscribing to my newsletter, which is at my website, taraschuster.com slash newsletter, or you can just text the word glow, G-L-O-W to 66866, um, glow to 66866. Um, or Instagram, like if you want more of this, like basically I keep writing every single week, my Instagram feed is I'm just trying to make it like 
one not hellish place on the internet <laughs> like that's it I was just like this isn't hell welcome <laughs> you can come here yeah you can come here it's not always like it's not heaven but it's definitely not hell no I literally opened Instagram today I looked at for one second and I said why am I looking at this yeah. I looked through my phone because I was like I immediately feel terrible like I felt fine and now I feel terrible I feel horrible yeah so I try to make my Instagram just one non-horrible account um and then the books you can get at wherever books are sold, Target, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I would suggest you order it from your local indie bookstore yeah. so we can help out the indies. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can get the book anywhere. Uh, amazing. Tara, thank you so, so much. Mm -hmm. I will link all of that in the show notes so everyone can get to Tara, get to know her even more. Um, buy yourself the fucking lilies. Glow in the fucking dark coming out in February. We are so excited, Tara. Thank you so much. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, Brenda and Julia. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventure's pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota. So little time. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. 
Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.